And it's basically about the business of writing. And they tell you the stuff they wish that someone had told them when they got started as writers. You know, somebody can be a successful marketer and not necessarily provide a quality product. I'm going to let Moses go because he's frothing at the mouth to talk about this one. (laughs) (laughs) I like writing. I like reading. I like to immerse myself in books. That seems like a pretty good career choice. Oh, you sound terrible. What happened? I'm just kidding. Oh, man. (laughs) And now, podstructed on a Zeppelin by an apprentice mage and delivered by a rocket ship to a benevolent dragon, Adventures in Sci-Fi Public. Sci-Fi Public. Sirigar with Adventures in Sci-Fi Publishing, once again on location in Brighton, UK, uh, at the World Fantasy Convention, and uh, right now I'm with Barry Goldblatt, uh, and your agency, is it called Barry Goldblatt Agency? Barry Goldblatt Literary. Literary, okay, okay. Um, so uh, this is kind of cool, because I was um, having some bad fish and chips with uh, Toby the other night. Uh, we, we got away from the loud bar scene for a couple hours, and we were just chatting, and he had mentioned you know, that, he, that you were his agent, and then there you were in the agent panel. And um, I thought, well, hey, this would be a cool person to talk to. So uh, people who listen to the show have heard us. Uh, Toby's been on the show a number of times, and Lou, ha- Lou Anders has been on the show a number of times. So um, since you are, you are their agent, you are I their am. literary agent. I am. This is cool. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did a double take when I saw Lou Anders under your list of clients. I don't know. Right, well, I actually, so they were both originally represented by Joe Monty, who just recently left my agency to go back and be an editor. I see, um, I see. So um, I've taken on some of his clients, including Joe and Toby and a big handful of others. But Okay, okay. So, uh, yeah, so, uh, you know, listeners to our show might find it interesting just to hear what those guys are up to with their careers and what you're doing with, with them. Is there anything you could share um, let's in see. that what capacity? Talk about? Well, Toby, Toby's Toby got so many irons in the fire, occasionally it's a little hard to keep up with him. Right. Um, um, but he's got uh, uh, a couple of YAs coming from Tor, as well as uh, a new adult book coming from Tor. Um, we're working on hopefully finally finding him a UK home for his work as well. Um, and Lou just sold a fantasy trilogy to uh, Random House Children's, actually Crown Children's imprint is there. Oh, wow. So, wow. so what, is that middle grade? Is it? Um, Lou's is middle grade. Okay. Lou's is middle grade. Okay, cool, cool. First book is called Frostborn. I think that's the title changed. Oh God, Lou, don't kill me. Um, <laughs> Frostborn is, is is the new title. <laughs> Titles. I don't even, until a book is fr- sitting in front of me printed. I don't even worry about the title. Like, the book that may have been called this before and it's now called this, but will change again before it actually comes out. <laughs> Titles are hard. Well, well. <laughs> so yeah, we had Toby on when he was talking about uh, his Kickstarter for the fourth book. In, uh, I forget the name of the, the series, but it's the one that he, you know, he was telling me that it sort of got... The re- Zenowulf books. Zenowulf, yeah. okay. So it kind of got re- rebooted by Tor, who had published it in the first place. Right, they're repackaging them, I'm going to put new covers on them, um, and uh, hopefully more people will find them, because they're really good. So. Nice, nice, nice. Okay, yeah, we've had uh, Stina Light on the show as well. Uh, you represent her? I do. It was she was Again, Joe. She was also she with, was Joe. with Joe. Okay, yeah. okay. <laughs> you can see a trend here, right? <laughs> so did, did Joe have a lot of science fiction and fantasy authors? He, he did, and and, okay. and and in fact, you know, was working a lot, particularly um, with both kids and adult. And okay. So yeah, there were quite a few of his clients 
um, that was that was an area that he was he was experiencing a great deal of success and, and had signed some really amazing writers and and some of them are staying and some of them are not you know the, okay he had forty five clients so oh, wow. there's no way I can absorb all of them oh my god um, but uh, I'm working really hard for the ones that you know we're not a good fit or we're not the right fit to help them find homes. I didn't want anybody to feel abandoned because mm-hmm. it was a pretty, it was a pretty big shock. So. Wow. Wow. Holly Black, was she one of yours? Or? No, Holly's always been one of mine. She's always been one of yours. Holly's, Holly's been with me now. Let's see. I started aging 13 years ago, so pretty near the beginning. So probably 11 or 12 years. I can't okay. remember exactly. She'd already sold Tithe on her own and Spiderwick, the first series of Spiderwick Chronicles was, was also under contract because they were handled by Tony Gerlitz's agent. Um, and I've sold everything since then. Okay. John Joseph Adams was... Was with Joe. Was with Joe. Okay. And I was really surprised to see Michael Ian Black on your list. Michael Ian Black's one of my clients. He is an amazing <laughs> picture book writer. Wow. Um, as well as he's done a couple of... I mean, his initial... Um, it, let's uh, Actually, the very first thing I sold for him was, was a picture book, a picture book called Chicken Cheeks, um, which at the time he submitted to me was called Duck Butt, which I still prefer. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, I mean, it's it's a... God, what was it? Twenty-eight word manuscript that he sent to me, um, <laughs> and, and it was it was a you know friend of a friend of a friend is how he ended up in my inbox, and um, I think it was just one of those things he had he had you know young children at the time, and he'd come and it was I think it was just sort of one of those things he just sort of did, and he's like oh, I don't know I'll send it to somebody, wow, um, and it was terrific, and I loved it, and so. He's now, let's see here, five? Yeah, yeah, his fifth picture book is about to come out. It's a book called Naked, um, illustrated by Debbie Ohi, um, which is their second collaboration together. Um, they did a book called I'm Bored that came out last year. Hmm. Um, but then he also, um, shortly after we did the picture book deal, he wrote he did a sort of a collection of his, his blog posts and essays um, called My Custom Van, and then he did a memoir um, <laughs> called You're, You're Not Doing It Right, um, yeah, he's very he's he's incredibly talented and very versatile, and he can pretty much do anything. I think. Okay. So the the reason I recognize him was from like I love the '80s and I love the '90s. Sure. Where like he was like the funniest guy on the, of all the commentators it, it, on the it's show. It's so interesting too because he's he's got fans coming from so many different right. places. So there's people who know him from that. There's people who know him from Stella, which right. is probably the where the majority of people know him from. Um, um, doing stuff with Michael Showalter and 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 uh, uh, the rest of that crew, um, but then you know he's he's appeared on so many things, and you know mm-hmm. he, he was the Pet dot com um, um, commercials back in the I guess it would have been the nineties hmm. um, where the, you know there was a sock puppet dog and that was that was him. <laughs> uh, I mean he, you know it was just. He's kind of done everything. So he's got a new sitcom coming out this year. He's got a game show he's doing right now. Wow. You know, uh, I, 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 I actually often wonder how he, like, you know, spends any time with his family or gets sleep <laughs> or anything. Because, yeah, he always seems to be doing something else. Wow, wow. And you're his, his literary agent. I just handle his literary okay. stuff. I do not have anything to do with his acting side. Or his, <laughs> you know, he's got, he's, got, he's got an acting agent. He's got a, a business manager. He's got a film. I mean, you know, he's got lots of people who, who like, look out for him. So <laughs> it's nice to be part of that crew. Nice. So you're based in New York, right? In Brooklyn, yeah. Okay, cool. So you got started doing children's books initially, right? Right. Mm-hmm. So you were agenting children's books, and uh, somewhere along the line, it sounds like you have a first love with genre and science fiction and fantasy. It seems like a real genuine love of yours. Yeah, I mean, I grew up reading fantasy and science fiction. That was, you know, I I, I don't think I read a non-fantasy and science fiction book um, 
you know, that was not assigned for school, probably until I was in my 20s. <laughs> Um, which I know is not exactly the kind of balance you should have, but, um, you know, that's what I loved and, and that's what my friends loved. And so we would pass books around and back and forth and, um, you know, falling into children's was, was, was a pretty major fluke. It was not what I ever expected to do. Hmm. And, and I'd come to New York, um, to work in, to work in publishing, but I thought I'd get a job at like Analog or Asimov's, hmm. and, you know, didn't do any research on that. It <laughs> was like, oh, there are two employees. I guess there's no job there. <laughs> what am I going to do now? So then I started talking to the book publishers and <laughs> at the time I couldn't, you know, I couldn't find a job in, 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 at Tor or anywhere hmm. else. And, um, so there was a, a, a rights opening, a subsidiary rights opening at, um, Dutton Children's Books and, um, hmm. Uh, you know, at that point, I'd basically run out of my small little stockpile of money and needed a job in New York, or I was going to have to go somewhere else. Um, <laughs> and so I said yes. And um, you know, one of the books that that um, my then boss gave me, um, you know, before she she said, you know, take a look. This is what we do. Um, and one of the books she gave me was William Slater's Interstellar Pig, which is <laughs> to this day one of my all-time favorite science fiction novels. <laughs> um, and uh, it's a book that that I really hold up as an example of what science fiction for kids and teens can can really be, um, and I think we've gotten away from it. But you know, hmm. I keep hoping. He, he's he's the one I, I I always say if I could find someone who does what William Slater does, I would be the happiest agent on the planet. So. Wow, wow. Well, we have you know a lot of our listeners are people who keep up with the genre, science fiction and fantasy, you know, probably some horror and, and all that. Um, so yeah, you know, one thing I want to do is give our listeners a good idea of who you are, and you know. Maybe some things you're you know you're looking for and that right. kind of thing, and uh, I'm sure we'll have some people listening who probably send you some queries. <laughs> sounds like you've taken on a lot of clients recently. So yeah, how, right. How does now, that affect your intake? Uh, uh, you know? Well, you know, it's 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 obviously it's it's an ongoing process always, but mm-hmm. yeah, right now you know uh, I am I am very busy trying to to sort out Joe's former clients and make sure that's all settled in a, in a in a friendly and helpful way. Nice. Um, so some will stay, some will go. I mean, that's the nature of the. Be- I mean. You know, the funny thing was, I think there are probably some people who assume that, you know, well, it's my agency, so if Joe's left, you'll take on everybody. But, you know, the agent process, the agenting process is very personal, and it's not just a, a connection with the work, but it's a connection with the person. Mm. And I, I have always stood by this belief that, you know, every writer deserves an agent who loves their work and nothing less. Um, and so if I don't feel like I'm the right person for any of these people's work, because Joe was, but I'm not... Then I'm going to help them find somebody else, or you know, uh, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense in this day and age, with as many agents as there are out there, um, for anybody to to be with someone that they don't have that kind of rapport with. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and from talking to Toby and now talking to you a little bit, I really get that sense that you know you're you're really doing right for everyone, and um, that's cool. You know, it's it's good because you hear bad agent stories, you know. But and and I'm sure sounds like you're I, a I'm good sure, guy. I'm sure there are some that about. I mean, you know, look, it's, it's, this. Pro, I mean, the weird thing about this is, is it's intensely personal. Yeah. It is not a normal business relationship, the agent author relationship. True. No matter how much you want it to be. I mean, I've certainly heard stories of of authors whose agent is basically their business person. It's all they do. They have nothing to do with their career planning or, or, or their editorial, um, you know, vision or, or whatever. It's just they negotiate their contracts, they pay them their monies, and that's that. And that's never been how I wanted to be as an agent. I always wanted to be a, a bigger part of an author's career 
Um, and so while I do not necessarily do as much editorial work as some agents do, I do big picture editorial stuff, not mm. sort of line edits, um, because I never had an editorial background. Um, you know, it's it's my my clients are are we're very friendly on a general basis as a general rule. Um, uh, you know, I do a client retreat every year. We all get together and hang out, um, or as many as can come. It's never been everybody. Um, and that's been really great, and the sense of community that that has built up among my clients themselves mm. has been fantastic. Wow. So, um, I, I read in an interview about, you were talking about that, and you said you something about the number of deals that had come out of that. Yeah, I mean, there, there's, sometimes it's just, look, we're all fans at heart. Right. You know, we all have books we love, we all have authors we love, and some of my clients were fans of some of my other clients, and uh, I, I think the very first retreat um, a client of mine had had said something to Angela Johnson and uh, about you know I I really loved this character Shuggy from from one of your earlier books I wish there were a book about her hmm. and two years later Angie wrote a book about her oh so, okay okay, okay. Um, you know it just happens okay it just so, happens yeah because I read it was that your clients that were getting together for this sort of retreat but then you mentioned the deals so now I, I could, yeah and then you know there's been a couple of co- collaboration things okay. that have come out of it and sometimes it is it's just sort of each of them pushing each other cool. to do something that they're interested in and you never know what's going to come out of that I've never heard of anything like that but it it's there are a few smart. other agencies that do it oh, really? um, I don't know of any adult agencies that do it, okay. um, uh, but there are several other children's agencies who started. I was first, um, <laughs> and most people told me I was crazy for doing it, but it worked <laughs> out really, really well. Um, and I, I mean, I totally understand, especially with agents who, um, uh, you know, uh, it, it have been doing this 20, 30 years and have clients they've been working with for 20, 30, and you've got people who are way up, you know, here, super stellar, massive best-selling kind of things who might not play so well with newbies. Hmm. Um but I think the children's community and the young adult community especially has always been pretty supportive. Mm. And so I just extended that. And then as Joe started bringing in adult clients and then a couple of my writers started writing adult, I also work with Caitlin Kittredge who um, originally started out as adult, then sold YA, and I sold a new urban fantasy trilogy for her to, um, to Diana Gill at, at Harper. Um, and, uh, you know, I've always figured at some point Holly Black would write an adult novel, and uh, I suspect my wife Libba Bray will as well at some point. Um, so it only made sense to k- sort of just keep going wherever you know, wherever wherever it took me, really. Hmm. Nice, nice. So we're obviously at the World Fantasy Convention. Do you get out to other science fiction fantasy cons much, or I don't. Um, uh, there's, there's. I, mean, I keep saying I need to go to Reader Con. I've never quite made it. Timing is always a, a, a problem. I've been to Wiscon a couple of times, but that's also been problematic. Memorial Day weekend is tough. Um, World Fantasy is the one I've tried to to be really loyal to for the yep. last seven or eight years. Okay. Um, I think I missed one in there, at Saratoga Springs or something. Um, but uh, I like this con. I like the vibe of this con. I, it's been great getting to meet people. And it's, it's you know, you get that, that, again, you get that chance to meet people that you've sort of worshipped as, <laughs> as a reader right? for many, many years. And, you know, just sort of everybody's kind of on the same level, which is kind of nice. Yeah. So honestly, what's it like as an agent? Do you, do you find yourself, like, wanting to wear, like, Groucho Marx stuff sometimes so people <laughs> don't see you, or like, are you just, like, you know... No, I mean, it, it, it is interesting to me how often people are, like, you know, they come up to me and they at a con like this and they want to pitch me, and, you know, I, I don't understand pitching. I never have. I don't get it, um, because 
being able to talk about your book has nothing to do with being able to write a good book. And if the if the goal is to get me to read it, well, then send me a query letter like anything else. Yeah. I guess it's just you know you've got the opportunity to talk to me. I understand the the impulse. Yeah. But I just I I can't hear pitches and evaluate anything. There's you know I'm so immune to the the whole of of um sort of the elevator pitch. The, you know, and I know writers are told to be able to do this. Right. And I do think it's a skill yeah. that's useful for a writer when they have a book coming out. Um, but as far as getting me to want to then read something, it just I, because I purely go off the writing. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Are you uh, not an auditory person so much? Or? I, I don't think I am very yeah. much. You know, I mean, I can't like like audiobooks. I can't listen to those. Right. Um, uh, See, I would be the same way, I think, <laughs> you know, because I would just want to read it, you know. Yeah, I mean, because, you know, to, to, to me, the, the, the reading process, I mean, that's that's been, I mean, I've loved reading since, you know, I was knee-high, mm-hmm. and, and that's where I would go for for comfort and everything was were books, mm-hmm. and so for me, it's a very personal sort of one-on-one experience with the page between, and, and, and so I need that, I need to be able to engage with the text, um, because I also, I, I can't let it be colored by, you know, um, who a person is, mm-hmm. or, or, or how young, or how old, or anything like that. I mean, and, and none of those things are, are factors when I'm ta- when I'm looking at a page. Right. Yeah. So we were you were on the panel the other day. A bunch of agents were um, up on the panel, and I just I just noticed you, you looked really happy. Uh, I just thought, he, he seems to like his job. <laughs> I think it was actually. I think you, I think you could go in with the five of us up there, and I don't think you'd find any of us who didn't. <laughs> you know, it's it, it. This is fun. I mean, to to be a part of of helping birth books that could impact readers the same way books impacted me. Um, you know, maybe to help bring ab- about a book that changes somebody's life. Um, it's a pretty heady experience, um, hmm. and and you know I've I've seen I've seen people come up to Holly, for example, who are like, you know, I write YA because of Tithe, you know, or I hmm. write I write genre because I read your work, and that's pretty amazing. It's pretty incredible. A friend of mine was overhearing people coming up to Pat Rothfuss to get their books signed the other day, and someone was like, Oh, I started playing piano because of. You know, quotes and uh, oh, I started. I decided to travel the world because of quotes and things like that. And I'm like, wow. You, know? you never know, and you know, I mean, that's that's the power of books. I mean, because you never right. know which part of your life they're going to stimulate something for. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it it can go way beyond just I really love this story. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. So, um, slightly more serious type question about the business and industry so <laughs> so we, we you know we, we've been I've been hearing overhearing uh, pro authors and agents and, and various people talking about how for example you know advances are getting smaller around the industry and things are tightening and all this kind of stuff that sounds scary to people who are aspiring um, but I, I assume that that's broadly true right or I don't know that it is um, you know uh, I think I think it is harder it is harder to do the so-called small deal, mm-hmm. um, the deal with these the totally and completely reasonable advances, um, because it's hard to go into those meetings as an editor, those meetings with your sales and your marketing teams, and go, you know, I really like this book. I think we can sell, you know, ten thousand copies of it. Um, versus going into that meeting and saying, this is the next big thing. We can sell millions, so we should spend all of the money. Um, those those. And I miss it. I, I, you know, not every book should have a six-figure advance. Yeah. And so many of my 
super successful authors did not have big advanced deals to start with. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, the, 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 the side of the road is littered with these, these uh, folks who, who got this big six-figure deal and their first book didn't work out, and that was pretty much the end of their career right there and then. Mm -hmm. um, you know, there was, some, there was a time when you could, you know, work up. And I still think there are. I still think there are places. I still think it's possible. It's just harder. Yeah. It's much harder. Yeah. So I was going to ask, based on the climate right now and, and the things we're talking about, what sort of advice you have for aspiring writers of science fiction and fantasy? Um, well, it starts with, with read like a banshee. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, read all the time. Mm -hmm. um, banshee. I don't even know where that came from. Um, I get it. <laughs> you know, you read, you've got to read everything and you got to read all the time because mm -hmm. you know um i think it was uh, there's a, a newberry award-winning author named linda sue park who who was the first one who sort of articulated um before you ever write a book you have to read a thousand books hmm. um and and i, I think it's true and it, it's astonishing to me how many times i get writers who are like you know i'm not really much of a reader but i've written a book I'm like it's not going to be a good book you hmm. just know it won't be um so i, I think that's probably the first thing and and then uh, it, it's it's understand this is a long long slog of a road and so be prepared for that develop a very thick skin because you know even if you are you get published the next thing is when you put, publish a book you're putting it out there for people to talk about and they can say good they can say bad and you have no control over it whatsoever so a thick skin is absolutely necessary um, and and you know work it's it's hard work so write all the time. I read this quote. I forget who it came from the other day, but it's something about how you know it's important you know to have a thick skin as a writer. But the irony is that to be a good writer, you have to have like you know really thin skin too. You know, something like That's that. It, yeah. oh, I can see that. Yeah, because <laughs> you want to be able to bleed on the page in the right way. Sure. Yeah, I get that. And and how does how does the way things have changed? How does that affect you in your work? And how is that changing? Or or for other agents too? You know, like, what is it, what does agenting look like now, given what's going on? For the most part, agenting is is the same basic stuff. Um, you know, uh, I mean, the best part for me, the part I love the most, is the matchmaking. I love putting editors and authors together that I think are going to make. You know, my goal is to find an editor who helps an author become a better writer. I mean, that's mm -hmm. that's what you want. Mm -hmm. um, there's there's a lot of sort of other aspects that have 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 grown. I mean, I now have a marketing consultant. Um, because marketing has become so much a part of the game and, and getting, you know, looking at a marketing plan, having never been a marketing person, hmm. you know, I can sort of look at it and say, well, that looks good, but I didn't really know necessarily what everything on that thing meant. And so having someone who can sort of walk me through it, who is experienced in that arena and can help then walk my authors through it so they understand too, is a real plus. Um, I think we do, um, uh... For the most part, though, it, it really, it's the same job. It's just, the the job of agent is a weird one. I mean, it's not just business. Uh, you know, we're not just the negotiator of contracts mm -hmm. or the seller of foreign rights. Um, we're often, you know, psychologist and psychotherapist <laughs> and, and uh, parent. And, uh, you know, it all kind of comes with it because you're... you're dealing with highly creative, often um, neurotic people, and they all have their own form of neuroses that comes out at, in different ways and at different times, and, you know, uh, so a lot of times your job is to coax a book out, out of somebody uh, and uh, talk them off a ledge, and 
you know, it's just all part of the process. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Are you looking at, uh, since you now have a new slew of clients, are you, was Joe your, your main other agent? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So are you are you trying to add another agent now? I don't or? think so. Um, you know, I, I think one of the things I love about you know having my own agency and being my own boss is, is it's it's I'm accountable. Yeah. For everything. I get that. <laughs> and you know, uh, Joe the, the the Joe had had been working at Little Brown and and I'd known him for years and years and years and um, uh, they they made some changes at Little Brown and he he'd, he'd been let go and I was like you know, all right. Here's a, I'm not going to miss out on this opportunity of, of working with Joe, um, and so hmm. I'm, I'm glad I did. I, I think it was a good experience for both of us, at least I hope he thinks so. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, I think what I learned from it was that um, it, it's weird to have all these clients, you know, my name is the one on the door. And so even though he was the agent for all these clients, it's my agency. Mm. And it was weird to suddenly realize as this pro how many of his clients I really didn't even know. <laughs> and this is so much my family. Um, it's my it's the family I've built. And so to have these clients, some of whom I'd met at, at, at the client retreat or, or at conferences, um, but there was a step remove. And I think I've come to accept the fact I really don't like that, that removed step. Mm. Um, and yet, you know, if I've got another agent, I have to let them do their job. I can't be looking over their shoulder and, and sitting in their laps, you know, reading all of their manuscripts. I've got my own clients. So I think I'm, at least for now, you know, and I'll never say never because there's no such thing. Um, but right now I'm going to, I'm going to take it back to it. Just the way it was is it's me and my clients and, mm -hmm. um, I've got a great assistant and, and she helps, you know, make things function. <laughs> <laughs> um, there was a day when I didn't have that. Um, and you know, uh, mm. that's just, I, I, at least, at least for the next foreseeable future. Yeah. So you, do you find yourself just having to put in more hours now to keep up or? Uh, look, look, this job's a 24 seven job. It's always been that <laughs> it way. It always has been that way. Okay. Um, you know, you may, you may have a week or two where someone hasn't sent you a manuscript, but that's pretty rare. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so it's about the same. You just have more little baby birds chirping at you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, and, and, and the thing is it's, it's, um, every, again, every client is different. And so you, you may have a, a client who's super prolific, who's writing a book every six months or so and sending you a new manuscript, but you also then could have a client who writes a book every 10 years okay. and there are different levels of work and you know, there are peaks and valleys and yeah, there are going to be times when you're swamped and there are going to be times when you're less swamped. Um, so you, you do learn uh, a lot of time management skills, um, and you learn to sleep a little bit less. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of which, I think I've heard it's it's a bad time to send to uh, query an agent like around the holidays. Like, is that, is that true? Uh, it can be. I mean, you know, in in some ways, that's that's one of the things I can do during that period. Yeah, I can really get caught up on queries. <laughs> right. Most of my clients aren't sending me novels around Thanksgiving or Christmas. Sometimes they are, though. Uh, you know, it just, when they finish, they finish, and they send it in. So, right, right. Um, you know, I, I think the the scary thing about the beginning of December, for example, is is all the NaNoWriMo um, people okay. who, re who release there. Okay. I finished it, so here I'm sending it out. You right. know, I didn't even bother reading anything else. <laughs> I kind of dread those first two weeks of December. So. Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> Um, so I, I have kind of an obligatory question for you that you've been asked too many times, but uh, just sort of how you see what's going on with all the changes in publishing, maybe where you see things going, or just how does all that look to you from where you sit? Uh, you know, uh, it, it's 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 pretty much 
you've learned to accept the fact that this business is constantly in flux. Mm -hmm. um, there's always something changing. There's always some new wrinkle. Um, you know, obviously, the ebook phenomena has changed the landscape quite dramatically. Um, but you know, uh, the thing I get really frustrated by is this constant discussion of, "Oh my God, it's all over. Um, the sky is falling," and it's like it's not. Um, people still want stories, so there's always going to be place for, for books. And you know, whether those books are physical, whether those books are digital, is is really in many ways beside the point. Um, but I actually think one of the, the very interesting side effects of the digital revolution in terms of, of, of reading is I actually think the book as art piece is going to make some new inroads. And that's why I really don't think print is ever going to die. Now, you know, that's easy to say sitting here right now. But, you know, you think about when, when I was 13 and I had, you know, my ridiculous Atari computer that I saved up to buy a five and a quarter inch floppy drive for. Right. Um, so I could play Ultima 3, because that was really the only thing to do with the dang thing. Um, you know. I was, and, I was and, actually going to ask you much of a gamer, but go ahead. <laughs> but, and so then, then my son, who's now almost 15, you know, he's never not had multiple computer devices at home, and he carries around a smartphone. He's got a computer in his pocket that was more powerful than that Atari of mine. So, you know, what is the next 20 years happen? I mean, is, is it all just downloaded directly into our brains? Who the hell knows? Right. Um, but the fact is, stories don't make themselves. Somebody has to come up with them. Nice, nice. Um, it Kind of a last thing, is there anything you're excited about right now? Maybe something from your clients or something that you're involved with? Or? Oh, I've got some all sorts of cool stuff going on. Uh, but my most recently, I just sold uh, Christopher Barsak's first young adult novel, which I'm super excited. It's called Wonders of the Invisible World. Um, I've got some really cool stuff on submission right now, including a new YA by Genevieve Valentine. Uh, I most re just out this fall. I've had some really amazing stuff. Holly's um, uh, The Coldest Girl in Cold Town, which has gotten five-star reviews now, and Robin Wasserman's The Waking Dark, which is an amazing horror novel, which also has uh, multiple-star reviews. Um, uh, so, you know, I, I've got some really cool stuff, um, something that's related to a client but I didn't directly get involved with. Um, uh, Caitlin Kittredge has a new comic book out called Coffin Hill, hmm. um, which is really cool. And unfortunately, I'm blanking on the illustrator's name right now, so <laughs> she'll kill me later. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's neat just working with all these amazing creative people, many of them in genre, but, you know, I've got a list that goes all over the place and does all sorts of things, and... And, you know, I think the whole genre landscape itself is changing. I was talking last night um, in the bar with folks, and, and all of these terms, we, we love coming up with terms, new names for things, which is, which in a way, I guess, is, is reinventing, but it really is, is also just sort of trying to draw different boxes around things. So grimdark and slipstream and whatever term this you know um it, it's kind of funny and at the same time it's it's a fun game and i totally get it uh, because it's all about marketing mm -hmm, mm -hmm. nice nice well um it'll be great to uh you know keep up with what's going on with like lou and toby and stina and all your all your folks so uh you know we'll, we'll try to keep people abreast of what's going on there uh, but i know you're very busy so we appreciate you taking the time to talk to us well, thanks very much all right best of luck Visit Adventures in Sci-Fi Publishing for show notes, links, reviews, special guests, videos, and more. Email us at adventuresinsci-fi-publishing at gmail.com. 
sound effects from the Free Sounds Project. Music by Asymmetry, found at musically.com. No authors were seriously damaged in the making of this podcast. <laughs>